Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that gets right to the heart of the most crucial questions in the property world. And today we're asking what's behind a near 50% fall in investment in London commercial property this year? The fundamentals of this market are fine. What is distorting perhaps the decisions around investment are at a macro level, whether it's China versus US on trade wars, Darisette, you know, what's happening here in the UK with Brexit. And how should buyers and sellers respond to that? We're suffering from lack of stock for buyers. We have an endless amount of buyers from across the world, in particular from Asia, who want to do London at the moment. I'm Guy Ruddle and I'm joined by three people who are almost uniquely suited to answer those and other questions given Savile's global reach in this area. Stephen Down heads up the Central London and International Investment Team at Savile's. He's been in the business for 35 years, Stephen. 35 glorious years. Thank and, you, Guy. And there's a rumour that you were a lawyer for 30 years before that. Is that true? Um, no, that was not <laughs> okay, true. Fair enough. Um, but uh, I'd like to make it true one day. <laughs> <laughs> Rashid Hassan runs the cross-border investment business. He's part of Stephen's team. Is that right, Rashid? Yeah, we work really, really closely together. Yeah, absolutely. And you're travelling around the world the whole time, sort of talking to investors from all over the world about bringing money to London. It's actually about bringing money, uh, spending money anywhere in the world, in any sector. But the biggest flow that we have is is into London. Great. And Nick Pierce is leasing director for Central London at Savile. So your job, Nick, is once once people own buildings to get them filled with occupants. Exactly. I do the hard work. Yeah. <laughs> this is the perfect way to start this podcast. So let's start then with the sort of the stark numbers. This time last year, £12.5 billion of property had changed hands. This year, it looks pretty much like half that. £6.6 billion is the estimate at the moment for the first, th- uh, first nine months of the year. What's wrong with the London commercial market, Stephen? Uh, There's nothing fundamentally wrong with the London commercial market. At Nick's level, at the occupational level, we still see tenants coming into these buildings and occupying them and rents are growing in some sub-markets. The fundamentals of this market are fine. What is distorting perhaps the decisions around investment are at a macro level, and it's not just at the UK, but it's at the global level, you know, whether it's China versus US on trade wars, um, Darisette, you know, what's happening here in the UK with Brexit. It's what's happening with Hong Kong, perhaps. It's what's happening all over the world. And and, and that does feed into good old-fashioned sentiment. And okay. it's sentiment that is being disrupted this year more than ever before. I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're not going to say no, uh, Nick, but is Stephen right about the, the, the state of the London market? Or at least put some put some flesh on that. Is it really still fundamentally a good commercial market? Uh, absolutely. On the occupational kind of platform, uh, our greatest challenge is a lack of lack of stocks, so a lack of supply. Um, we're going into a into a world whereby there's simply not enough available product for for tenants to look at. What sort of levels of occupancy are we at, and and uh, and, and things like that? So to put it into context, uh, the West End has a vacancy rate of four point one percent. The city is five point two percent. Both of those sit materially below the long term average. So we're, we're we're entering this world whereby rents are increasing by nature of not enough stock for tenants to to kind of credibly look at so uh, so uh rashid you that sounds like a, a, a world where there should be plenty of demand and and there is from a capital perspective 
people want to buy in London. What we are suffering from, where, where Nick is suffering from lack of stock for tenants, we are suffering from lack of stock for buyers. We have an endless amount of buyers from across the world, in particular from Asia, who want to do London at the moment. All the factors that Stephen said around uh, global trade wars, Hong Kong um, protests, all of that, it creates push factors for money to go outbound. When it then wants to go outbound, it has to decide where to go. And London remains top of the list despite Brexit, despite all the negativity in the press. London is number one. We were yeah. in Asia last yeah, yeah. week. Stephen and I were mm-hmm. in Asia last week. And we saw 32 investors. This was in across Hong Kong, Singapore, and Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And out of those 32 investors, 31 wanted to do London. We're talking about doing other markets as well, but 31 primary focus was London. Of that 32, or, or frankly, the 31, on, only four felt that today they didn't want to invest because of Brexit. Really? Really. So and there's really average... that number of, in, just in that area, there's that amount of demand right now. That, that is right now. And if you say average lot size, I would say probably average lot size, a deal size that they want to buy is, say, 100 million. Yeah, it was definitely more, 100 plus, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, 100 plus. Look at that volume of capital that is sitting on the sidelines waiting for opportunities. But so, go- sorry, but going back to your question around, around the sort of the low turnover levels this year, I mean, I think it's also important to put it in the context of where we sit globally as a gateway city. I mean, turnover levels are down in every major gateway city, where New York, Singapore, Hong Kong, for, for all different reasons. So, yes, you know, and it's a huge drop, you know, it's 40 to 45% on what was a very high number in the last two, three years. We were getting accustomed to talking about £20 billion worth of turnover over the last five years. Well, I remember, because I'm old... Because you've been um, doing this for 60-something <laughs> years. <laughs> I remember when turnover in 1990, when we had a proper recession, turnover barely got to a billion. OK, now that is a bad market. And £13 billion we're kind of predicting this year, sorry, we're, we're, we're predicting somewhere around the sort of 12 billion at the end of the year. There's, there's, there's stock that's being, uh, is, is, is being worked on at the moment. If we get to that level, um, that's a good year anyway. So I, I, at the risk of pissing you all against each other, Nick's told us that the market's sound. Rashid has told us that he's got endless investors waiting to invest. You've got to find, Stephen, you've got to find people to sell their property. Is that the problem, that people aren't there? I think there's definitely a sense from the large institutional sellers, potential sellers, that um, the fog of Brexit, the uncertainty around the last 18 months in particular, with a change in leadership, um, that's heightened that uncertainty and, and, and everything that's coming out of out of Parliament and everything else at the moment is creating a a heightened sense of uncertainty. And those sellers are looking at their assets and then comparing them quite rightly with the yields, the returns that you can get on Paris real estate, Frankfurt real estate and saying, well, these these similar properties in these other cities are at least 100 basis points better as in they're trading at a three and a half cap. So why are we selling these things at a four and a half cap? So let me just explain for the for the for the few uninitiated. You know, if you're selling a hundred million pound property, you want to you want to sell it on the basis of the the lowest capital to yield ratio yes, you can. You want yeah. to, you know, that, that, so if they're being sold at, at 
you know, yields, which what will yield 3%. Why are we giving buyers well, yeah, 4%? 4%. 4%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's certainly over the course of the last... Three or four weeks in particular, we've seen a number of transactions that have been pulled because sellers have actually thought, you know what, I think we're probably selling cheaply and at some stage the market might bounce and therefore why are we selling so cheaply? And do your buy, I mean, I know it's you you, you work together, all, all of you, yeah. but I'm sort of making use for, for this purposes of this exercise, Stephen, the, you know, the, the spokesperson for the seller and you, Rashid, for the buyer perhaps. Are your buyers aware of that and do they understand that they're they're fully aware of that and i think that that's there's a number of reasons why london is attractive and has always been so attractive and if you look at the 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 history london has always attracted i think the last 10 years on the trot attracted more overseas investment than any other city in the world and it's many things currency uh sorry um, language time zone ease of access etc and actually, if you look at those, if you said a couple of years ago, what are the top 10 best things about London? Being part of the EU wouldn't be one of them. So this, the fact that we may not be going forward and Brexit and all of that, that doesn't feature in, in the list of why I want to invest in London. Add on to that today. So London is number one. Add on to that today, um, yields at 4% plus. Yeah. Yeah. So 100, 150 basis points higher one, one and a half percent higher than uh, Paris, uh, main, the, the big cities in Germany. So you're getting a higher return. And then right now, in the eye of the storm, and this is what we saw post-referendum results, sterling at real, real lows uh, versus US dollar, which is relevant for Hong Kong and, and, and also a, a, against most of the currencies where our investors come from, it's cheap. The upside potential is so much bigger than the downside potential, and people keep talking about, well, the pound might fall a bit further. It's, yeah, see, it, but this is where I sorry to interrupt. This is where I, I sort of get slightly lost because you know, if you look at the currency situation, the the seller, it's it's bad for a seller, right? It's only you know, bad for a seller but if they are not a sterling. If they have to repatriate seller. proceeds of sale yeah. somewhere else, so America or Europe, then they are going to get hit with those but, proceeds. So, yeah, there's a balancing act. So, so it's often bad for a seller, but it's good for a buyer. So it's why aren't buyer. buyers and sellers sort of acknowledging that in each other and sellers paying a little bit more and buyers accepting because a little bit Because I think that from that conversation we had with investors last week, that there is a sense that they're kind of owed a discount because of the, the perceived chaos that they see on on the telly. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about Brexit. Because I've sat in this studio for a year now making podcasts, uh, Real Estate Insights episodes, and Brexit has been brought up a lot of times. Uh, Nick, um, every time it's been brought up, people have have said there isn't a Brexit impact on the property market, especially in terms of central London and commercial and things like that. Is that in your world, in the sort of, not in the investment world, but in the actual occupancy world, is that still true? Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting question. If you rewind two or three years ago, I think there was a general uh, concern about whether or not, or more to perhaps the point, the extent of which that impact would have on the occupational market. What we've seen over the last two years is actually a very, very small impact whatsoever. The reality is the diversity of occupiers in central London has become far greater than than it was historically. And therefore, the reliance on, let's just say, your financial sector has completely fallen away. Um, Occupiers are far more footloose and fancy free. And therefore, that has 
re re-emphasise the 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 underlying value and benefit of central London uh, and and supporting the investors' appetite or the increased investor appetite to, to, to place capital there. And I know it's sort of it, it's hard because it's a it's a longer term thing than, than than I'm about to suggest. But is that still true right now? Because you know the the you know we've had three years of uncertainty. Uh, but is it uncertainty or uncertainty? Either way, don't mind. Uh, <laughs> uncertainty. <laughs> uncertainty. Tea. Oh, tea. Okay, we're having an English lesson as well. That's good. Um, but uh, and, but suddenly now that it's proper uncertainty. You know, we are we're in the last, but maybe the last throws. Yeah. Oh. And that is that when you're talking to people right now today. Do you sense that having a problem? Absolutely not. It, it, we haven't seen it slowing down occupiers' demand to expand whatsoever. Um, we're tracking 10 million square feet of occupier demand in, across central London, uh, whether that be your private equity houses in, 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 in the West End or your you know, traditional corporates in, in the city, whether it be lawyers. There's 1.1 million square feet of active legal demand at the moment in the city. They are scrabbling around trying to find the right option. But Stephen, what you were saying earlier, sort of hinting at, is that you were in this studio nearly a year ago uh, in the early days of Real Estate Insights, saying there is no Brexit problem in terms of investment. But now you're saying that as we get into what might be the last throws of this, that it is causing a problem. Is that right? Well, there's just a lot more visibility around it. The sort of screaming and shouting and the sort of demonstrations are being fed across the world. You know, we turn on the television in the hotel before we go to work, you know, last week and BBC News, it, it's all o- over there. You know, it's a, people arguing in, in, in Parliament. It, it has an impact. But there wasn't the same screaming and shouting and that is being fed through and therefore... You know, you could forgive investors for thinking that things are chaotic and, 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 and you know, the, the market is, is in a state of paralysis. But in London, you know, it's the fundamentals. It's, you know, it's the economy stupid, really. It's that sort of comment. It's, it's the London, fundamental economy of London is doing extremely well, surprisingly well. And, but investors are seeing the sort of uh, the headlines and are naturally an- anxious about it. Come go on. No, no, no. You go on. It's, you're more, more important than me. What, what, um, what we were just saying around investors expecting a degree of fairness, I suppose, in pricing, is 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 important to understand. When we voted to leave the EU, we got overwhelmed, overwhelmed with investor inquiries. We were like, I think, in the space of two weeks, we had 150 investors contact us saying we want to buy now. But what we had was a range of people, at the most extreme end, people wanted a 25% discount. We'll buy today, we want a 25% discount from where it was yesterday. And that varied all the way down to people saying, we don't need a discount. The currency has moved 20%. That is enough of a cushion. We just want access to the market now because the competition is less. And as it stands today, there are some investors who say, yeah, we'll come in, but we want a big discount. Others are saying, we'll come in at the yield of yesterday... And we'll pay that same yield today because we're being compensated through currency and also because of the volatility, we've got a very uh, borrowing cost of collapsed as well. So that combination of factors means that today is enough of the sort of the associated um, elements are enough for us to come in and pay yesterday's yield. What some sellers are thinking is actually we want a lower yield still because you're getting a cheaper currency and because borrowing costs have gone down. And that is an issue. Definitely, it's a fair comment. So that is, that is fascinating. But what I haven't quite got a handle on is, is the Brexit effect a, a, a feeling that there's a, 
that it's a longer term problem or as soon as it's sorted, everyone knows where it is, everything starts moving again? Well, it depends how it's sorted. Well, it, it is. It, but there's also how. Yes, I agree. It's, it's how it's sorted. But equally, it's just getting it out the way as well. Yeah. If there's a settlement, if there's no deal. So certainly in the short term, if there's no deal, the likelihood is there'll be, I think, a similar sort of uh, phase of un- heightened uncertainty as we had immediately after the referendum. Yeah. There could be that. And there may be but, some but there is, there. But there is a no, it's then a known known, you know, good or bad, it's a known known. And, 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 and as I said, this is, this is very much sentiment driven. And, and uh, I think that uh, if there is a deal, then I think you'll find it'll be much better. I, for example, spend a lot of time in Japan. They are poised to invest quite substantial sums of money into the UK property market. Um, but they are probably the most cautious. You know, they're a very conservative investing group. Um, if there is a deal, they will put in a significant amount of money. If there's no deal, but there's certainty, they will still put some money in. You know, so it's, it's degrees of, of, of quantum, really, I think, that will come. Meanwhile, Nick is sitting here going, don't care. My market's fine. You know, is that really the case? Whatever happens, it'll be all right for you. Absolutely. Arguably, the, the market, the occupation market is, is limited at the moment only by limited choice. Um, and I think there's a flight to quality. Occupiers are exploring their, their next move far earlier than ever before through that lack of choice. Gents, that's been absolutely fascinating, and I, for one, could talk all day, but we won't. And we have to do the Savile standout statistic, which uh, uh, you've been warned about, a little nugget of information which perhaps uh, elucidates what we've been discussing or maybe gets people's eyebrows raised. Have you all got a Savile standout statistic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Good. Well, we'll see how good they are. Who wants to go first? Rashid, why don't you go first? What is your Savile standout stat? Okay, we've been talking about the concern over pricing. Is pricing cheap enough? In pre-EU referendum, the 10-year UK bond, the gilt, was at 2%. Today, it's at half a percent. In that same time, yields have stayed the same, which means you're getting another 150, uh, another 1.5% of extra return by by buying today. And that is why demand is continuing in today's market. Yeah. Stephen, what's your standout statistic? Um, it's not so much a standout statistic, but more, you know, um, experience of the coal face this year. So we've talked about you know, turnover being down, but notwithstanding all of that, I suppose nowhere was, it, was the hunger in it for our market more evident than in the sale over the summer of a building in Finsbury Circus, which we, uh, we, we were mandated on. Um, it was a £250 million prime asset uh, for uh, a Japanese investor, and uh, we had 32 in- investors inspecting the building over a period of about three weeks. We went to bids, we got six bids in, and then we uh, put it under offer uh, to a Singaporean a private family who closed the deal from agreeing heads of terms to actually completing and give us giving our client all the money in five working days. Now, that no. is super fast. Uh, and it just is evident of just how hungry the, ap- the appetite, how hungry the investors are for these deals when they come along. Sometimes it just works, the several standout stat. Nick, what's yours? 
So I've spoken at length about the the strength and resilience of the central London market. Um, to reinforce that, uh, a, a key stat from my perspective is that 26% of all office development stock scheduled for completion between today and the end of 2022 has already been pre-let. Really? Is that true? Absolutely true. Of course it's true, otherwise it wouldn't <laughs> Gentlemen, that's been uh, that's been really, really fascinating. Thank you very much for your time today. That's it from this episode of Real Estate Insights. If all that's done is leave you wanting more or thinking you need to know more, there's all sorts of information on the research section of the Savills website, savills.co.uk forward slash research. And if you're not already a subscriber to Real Estate Insights, then why not for a start? And how? And please do become one using your usual podcast provider. So this sort of stuff just finds its way to your phone or computer or however you listen. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. See you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.